0: In particular happened to me this week. That's why I gotta give him some praise. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, my God is still great. Just because he's been good to me, just because he picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. Oh, Oh, it's already feeling better in this thing. You ought to poke your neighbor in the eye and say, neighbor, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Y'all better get back to your seats before we get in trouble. My, 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 my. See, the devil don't like it when he gets some people who just say, I don't need a reason. I don't need a reason. Amen. Woo. Lord my Lord my Lord who feels good in the house who the Bible says to put on a spirit of praise I put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness I said I put on a, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness My God, it feels like a Sunday night in this place. Sorry, y'all. It just, y'all go be seated. Go sit down. We're going to get ourselves in trouble in here tonight. Oh, such an honor to be here with you, lovely people. There's no place I'd rather be. I truly mean that. And uh, such an honor to stand behind this pulpit. I think of Word. If you get your Bibles and turn to the book of Joel chapter 2, starting at verse 28, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse number 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. If we return now to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved with the help of the Holy Ghost in this place for a few moments I simply want to preach history has its eyes on you I said history has its eyes on you would we lift our hands in this place put your Bibles down God would you come into this house right now Lord Oh, would you take these lips of clay, God? Would you take this frail human vessel, Jesus? Would you let me deliver the word that you have implanted in my heart, God? Right now, would you stir up the soil in this house? God, right now, let it not just be another Sunday night, God. Let us not just go through the motions in this place. But, Lord, we came here for nothing if you don't move, Jesus. We are doing nothing here if your presence doesn't sweep over us. God, would you touch us? Would you fill us with your glory? Your power. Jesus' name, you may be seated. We as human beings live in the confines of time, of the past, the present, and into the future. If we look into our past, into our history, we begin to see that there has always been different generations that classify certain time periods. And in those time periods are certain groups, are individuals who rose to the top in prominence, in popularity, that define that particular generation. Just as there is a physical timeline that we classify life, let me tell you, there is a supernatural timeline running parallel to the physical timeline doesn't take too much studying for us to understand that the generation that you and I are currently living in is the last days. It doesn't take much time for us to understand that the world is beginning to wrap up and that God is coming back at any moment. And that the generation spoken of in Joel was the same prophecy that was spoken of in Acts is coming to pass this very day. As you begin to look, I don't know about you guys, but as I look through new sites, my spirit is grieved as I begin to see men and women just filling themselves with so much lust and perversion and wickedness. Oh, my word, I'm telling you, my heart was grieved the other day as I began to see pop stars like Christina Aguilera, who was doing a concert and had a literal body part strapped onto herself an inappropriate body part for a kid's concert. She began to see the decline of humanity and the degradation of morale. My heart is troubled and I am confused how we as mere human beings are going to fight against such supernatural forces. We as frail human beings are going to rise in power, dominion, and authority when all that seems in authority is nothing but evil began to read my Bible in John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Some may be perplexed and confused on why God would want us humans to do the things and greater things that He did and us, quote unquote, get the glory. But what you must understand is that God has not died, God did not die on the cross at that moment. God did not complete the greatest work when he spoke those words. But as he was standing there and he didn't die on the cross, he was standing in me and yours future today. And he was speaking to me and your future today. He was saying when we back up and understand that in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's Word was not only coming out, but it was taking action in our very day right now. God understood that when I die on the cross and I rise again, I will empower my people and they will begin to perform miracles in my name and begin to do the the miraculous in my name. And the Father will be glorified in the Son. On the other side of that, every time we operate in the supernatural, in Jesus' name, God gets to walk and he gets to look at the devil and say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, death, where is thy sting? And oh, grave, where is thy victory? Verse 5 says, the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. God was shining in that generation, and the generation didn't even understand that it was Jesus. Before Jesus died, there was only two humans that were spreading the raw, unprovoked, unfiltered will of God, and that was Jesus and John the Baptist. But when Jesus died and he subjected himself to death, he unlocked the key for every living person to have that power and to have that dominion in the supernatural on the inside of you and on the inside of me. Which brings me to my next point. When the devil had to deal with just Jesus and he had to deal with just John the Baptist, he was a little bit more comfortable because he didn't have everyone in the world fighting against his kingdom he didn't have everyone in the world and who had the holy ghost on the inside of them opposing him but when god died on the cross let me tell you his spirit now lives inside of you and god has unlocked the key for every single one of us to have dominion and power in the supernatural the darker our world becomes the greater our light is beginning to shine I said, the darker our night becomes, the greater our light is beginning to shine. In the middle of our chaos, it is our greatest moment. In the middle of our world, being at its lowest point in history, the church has its greatest opportunity to shine the light of God like we have never done before, like our forefathers haven't done before us, and like the people in the Bible could not do. Bill, that there's a caveat that we must address in this place tonight. We all know the saying, failure has killed its thousands, but success has killed its ten thousands. I pray to God that we're not comfortable where, where God has brought us in this last day, in this last generation. I pray to God that the Rock Church won't get comfortable with where God has brought us to this point. In nine years, what God has done for us is nothing short of a miracle. But I'm praying right now, Rock Church, that we will not get so comfortable with the greatness that God has done that we will not continue to press towards the mark of the high calling of God. I believe that the greatest revivals have not been preached I said, I believe that the greatest revivals have not been preached. I believe that the greatest revivals have not broken out. I believe that the most souls in one day have not received the Holy Ghost. feel like there is a spirit that I must address in this house that has creeped into the world and has become so prevalent and has creeped even into our church. And it urges me every time I hear it, and it wounds my soul that you sometimes you just gotta take a break from this thing called church. Sometimes you just gotta take a break from the spiritual things, and you got to worry about yourself, and you got to worry about getting some mental health, and you got to worry about self-care, and I understand that, and I'm not opposing self-care and mental health in this place, but let me tell you, I fully believe that there is battles you are trying to fight in the arm of the flesh that can only be conquered in the arm of the supernatural. We're so easy to pass things off as, oh my word, I need to just take some me time. I just need to take a break. I don't need to push as hard because it's killing me. If I go to church one more Sunday, I'm going to lose my mind. If I show up to Thursday prayer one more time, I'm going to get so sick and tired of it, I may just do something crazy. Let me tell you, you are fighting something in the supernatural, but the devil has you believing that the church is the problem. Church is never the problem problem rock church the things of God are never the problem in your life you ought to reach back to when God found you and the only thing you were holding on to was the church your only hope in life was the church the only thing that was guiding you and the only thing that was showing you which way to go was the church We can never conquer the works of the supernatural in the arm of the flesh. I said we can never conquer the works of the supernatural in the arm of the flesh. I wish that we could step out of the confines of time. We could look into the future wish that we could travel through time and see the desperation and the chaos that the future ideologies are beginning to breed into our society. I wish that we could reach 20, 30 years into the future and see the chaos that is doomed for this generation. And that we would wake up, Rock Church. That we would start taking what God has given us more seriously. That we will start taking the calling on our life more seriously. While we are trying to reach our future, I fully believe that there is a future person that is trying to reach towards us. I believe that there are future people who don't know about God that say, please, please. Please let there be an on-fire soul winner that passes me in the grocery store and doesn't just push me off. Please, please let there be an on-fire young person that's pumping their gas and they look at me and say, I ought to pass them a church card. Please, please let there be an on-fire young person who's going to walk into my school and is going to see me and says, have you heard about a man named Jesus? Jesus. Music, you can come. Future missionary, can you feel the future asking you what you're doing right now? Future evangelist, can you feel the future reaching for you, asking you, what are you doing in preparation for me? Future pastor, can you feel the future saying, what are you doing right now to prepare yourself? The future is praying for more consecration. The future is pleading for people who aren't too consumed with the worries of the day. And they're not too consumed with what they have going on in their life and their family. That they aren't listening to the cry that it is giving in this place. How many more Sunday nights are we going to come in here? We're going to go through the same routine over and over and over again. Come in, clap your hands, sit down, worship, pray, leave. Not changed, not moving, not progressing, not reaching our city, not reaching our state, not reaching our country, not reaching our world. I was struggling to preach this. This is a hard thing to preach. Something God has been raking me over the coals and the fire of. As I've been standing there, God, I want to do such great things for you. God, I'm so happy I'm laboring in your kingdom. So I was sitting in bed, God, what are you doing right now to prepare you for your future? Sure, you have a bright future, Judah. But what are you doing in this moment to prepare you for that? Just like history had its eyes on a young shepherd boy, just like history had its eyes on a young girl named Mary, history had its eyes on a young boy named Paul, history had its eyes on a young girl named Ruth, history is currently watching us in this place tonight. History sees you when you go home on a Sunday night, you get on your phone and you scroll on Instagram for hours and hours filling your brain with meaningless stuff. History watches you as you open up your phone on a Monday morning and it's the first thing you grab and you begin to watch meaningless YouTube videos for hours and hours that are going to do nothing, that are going to do nothing to change it. Future watches you as you're more concerned about why your brother looked at you that way and you're more concerned about why your sister didn't talk to you And it's saying, why are you getting caught in the trivial weeds of life when there's something so much more desperate? There's something that means so much more constantly and consistently marching on and coming closer and closer to us each and every single day. Begin to think, To everything our spiritual forefathers, has it been in vain if we don't get this moment and this time right? Has everything that the apostles did been in vain? Could it be we make it to heaven and we begin to walk through the throne room? Walk through those pearly gates and you begin to walk around in heaven. You walk up, you see the Apostle Paul. How are you doing? Oh, my word. You're the Apostle Paul in the Bible. You're the one who changed your generation, you changed your world. You wrote the whole New Testament. And he looks at you and says, What's your name? What did you do? What church did you go to? Begin to walk and you begin to see these men. Stabbed with swords, stoned to death, filled with arrows, crucified by soldiers, thrust with spear, beheaded in Rome, crucified upside down. And we're complaining about coming to church twice on Sunday. And we can't push past our flesh because we have a little migraine headache and we're not going to come to church tonight. And we're going to have a short temper and blow up at people. When men like this sacrifice their life. Dedicated themselves so that me and you could sit here comfortably on padded pews, and we could sit here with nice clothes on, and we can sit here with nice music, worshiping God, praising God as we stand on the life and on the ministry that they built and they carved out with their own life. Could it be that when you get into heaven? As you begin to walk around on streets of gold, you walk up and you see a man. And when he extends his hand to you, you see the holes in his hands. And when he turns around, you can see the stripes on his back. And he looks you in the eye, and you understand that that man suffered those things for your sin, and you understand that that man gave his life so that you could be seated in heavenly places. That man sacrificed. That man was beat till flesh of, of flesh was just being ripped off his back. that man stood there and he took it so that me and you had this opportunity that we call church right now. How are we going to look him in the eye? How are we going to even be able to be in his presence when all we do on a weekly basis is show up for church? How? How rock church? How are we going to do it? When you walk up, you see your history book. What is your history book going to say for you? When someone opens up your history book and they begin to read Judah Williams, born in Colorado move to Florida are they gonna see acclaimed minister of the gospel but can never find time for prayer they gonna see acclaimed preacher can never find time to read his Bible acclaimed lover of God. Yet they loved the things of the earth more than they loved him. Rock Church, it's our opportunity to make a difference. So many of us, when we walk up to our history book, we're trying to take the pen, and we're trying to author exactly how we want it to be, and we're trying to say, no, God, I don't want it to happen like that. And, and if he does that, then I don't care what you said, God, but I'm, I want it this way, so I'm going to say this right here, God, and God's saying, put down the pen. You're making a mess of your history. When are we going to take it and put the pen in God's hands? When are we going to do that? When are we going to stop blaming people in our lives? When are we going to stop blaming our leadership? And we, when are we going to say the only person that can control my future and the only person that can control what's written about me is myself? I began to study for this message, and don't ask me why, but I looked up the most famous people in history. Would you believe it or not, the first person across multiple, multiple different studies was Jesus most famous person in history. Found it unique that across multiple different studies, the second most famous person in history was none other than Abraham Lincoln. And if you look at Abraham Lincoln's life, it is filled with nothing but misery. He lost children, he lost wives, He lost political moves. He lost everything, but he didn't let that stop him from writing his future out he didn't let that stop him from still gritting his teeth and saying it doesn't matter what happens to me it doesn't matter what my circumstances are there's still history that needs me there's a future that needs me there's people who are depending on me to get past myself there's people who are depending on me to get past myself and reach them and make a difference for them We stand in this house. I know there's some people that God's been dealing with you just like he's been dealing with me. You're frustrated. You're caught in the monotony of routine. You feel like you're just doing the same thing. But let me tell you, nothing in your world will change it except for you. You got to stop trying to blame other people, and you got to take responsibility for yourself. You say, what can I do better? What can I do more? If I'm praying 20 minutes a day and it's not working, let me try and pray 40 minutes a day and see if that starts working. If I can't seem to get along with them, my brother and my sister, how about I just start loving them more than I do right now? Asking the Rock Church, what are you going to do tonight to make that change, to make that difference? Because the clock keeps ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. Time stops for nobody. What are you doing in your life that when you make it to heaven, God can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I didn't say this. I didn't preach this message to try and pull on some emotional heartstrings. Didn't preach this message to try and bring glory to myself. But I preached this message because this is what God's been dealing with me about. How could we proclaim that we're Christians and not do what he did? Word, a Christian is to be Christ-like. It's simple. Don't call yourself a Christian if you aren't doing what he would do. Don't justify your actions if you haven't done the best that you can do because at the end of the day you're the only one who can make a change in your history book wonder if we could all lift our hands in this place History is watching your response at this very moment. History is seen how serious you are. History is seen if you truly want to make a difference. It's seen if you truly truly want to take things into your own hands, and if you want to make a change in your own heart, and if you want to start doing whatever you need to do to make a difference in your world, there's some notebooks on this table that are representative of your history book. Only if you are serious about marking today as a transitioning moment in your life. I want you to come and grab a notebook right now. If you aren't serious about turning your world upside down, don't come up here and just put on a show and and let people see you grab one. If you aren't serious about taking responsibility, then don't come grab one. She began to grab that history book. I want you to grab that book. I want you to put it to your heart. And I want you to make a commitment to God tonight. God, I will not go any further in my walk with you until I can make a commitment to start doing what I need to do to reach my world. To start doing what I need to do to be a better Christian. To start doing what I need to do to start reaching Fort Myers. To do what I need to do to have a better prayer life. God, I won't go another day without making some commitments in my life that are going to change. God, I won't go another day without deleting that app out of my phone. God, I won't go another day without deleting that game off my phone. God, I won't go I another day without eliminating anything that is hindering you. The world me change, change I want to see Come on, young person. So your world what will your history book change, say about you? Change I wanna see. Is a video game worth more me. to you? I Are YouTube videos I worth more to you? Change I want Is your pride worth I more to first you? Begin to I surrender. History's watching. History's seen. Come on, somebody, make a commitment tonight. It's between you and Jesus tonight. It's between you and Jesus tonight. Pastor, can't get this for you. This for you, your parents can't get this for you, your friends can't get this for you, but you gotta get it for yourself. Change your Come on, come on. What will history say about you? When you look God in the eye, what will he say to you? When you stand among the prophets and among the apostles, what will you have to show for yourself? What will you have to show for your ministry? When they show you the scars that they took for you to be standing there, what will you tell them? Come on somebody, it's between you and Jesus right now. As a progression forward, God, this is my cry to you, Jesus. Your world may be changed, you need to be. Come on, somebody, I'll say yes. never too late, it's never too late to make a commitment, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac's still on the way, Abraham and Isaac, Isaac, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac is still on the way, but don't get caught.